0: Let's give the adults an opportunity as well. He is risen. risen It's an old and very popular saying that's attributed actually to Ben Franklin. And I bet if I start it, you can finish it. There are two things that are certain death and taxes. Exactly. This weekend, we have a very interesting combination of both death and taxes. Yesterday, of course, was April 15. And ordinarily, our taxes would have been due no later than yesterday. But because this year, April 15 falls on a Saturday, we got an extension not only to Monday, but actually all the way to Tuesday, because Monday is a holiday in Washington, D.C. So this year we get to delay the pain of the taxes, but they're still due. They're still certain. And this this weekend we also have death. Less than 48 hours ago, we all gathered here at St. Paul's to consider death, namely, specifically, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Death was not a part of God's original planned order, It came in as the penalty for sin. Paul describes it very clearly in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And death spread to all, because all sinned. All. No exclusions, no exemptions. So I guess Ben Franklin was right. There are two things that are certain death and taxes. But when the Bible speaks of death, often it's not just talking about the stopping of brain waves or the stopping of a pulse, it's talking about the eventual eternal separation from God and His love and His mercy. It becomes final when our pulse and our brain waves stop, but up until that point, there is still hope for us. And there is hope for us because of what we celebrate today. Namely that Jesus Christ came to this earth with only one purpose in mind. That purpose to save sinners not only from sin but from the penalty of sin, death itself. He did so by living the perfect life that we cannot live He did so then by offering, willingly offering that life as payment for sin on the cross. He did that by rising again from the dead, which we celebrate today. And in order to demonstrate that the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was God's plan all along, Christ actually predicted exactly what was going to happen. Did you notice in the gospel lesson for today, the angel told the women, he is not here, he has risen, as he said. When did he say that? Several times he told his disciples words to the effect, the Son of Man must go up to Jerusalem and be handed over to the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders, and be killed, and on the third day rise again. Exactly what happened. Or another time, he's there in the courtyard of the temple, and he says, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it again. And John tells us he's actually talking about the temple of his body. Again, exactly what happened. Or another time, he said, as Jonah was in the great fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the earth for three days. Exactly. What happened? For you see, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was God's plan all along, just as Jesus said. And specifically, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we celebrate here today that changes everything for Christians. You see, a resurrected Jesus Christ means that the Father has accepted Christ's payment as payment in full for all of our sins. There's nothing more to be done, not by him, not by us, not by anyone. And if he has taken care of our sin for us, then he's also taken care of the penalty for sin for us, namely death. His victory over sin and death is our victory over sin and death. And that's why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is such a big deal for us as Christians. That's why we love to read all of the post-resurrection appearances that Christ made. There's the one in our text for today, when he appears to the women as they're rushing back to the disciples to tell them all that they have seen. There's the appearance to Mary Magdalene outside the tomb as well. The appearance to Peter, the appearance to the two men on the road to Emmaus on Easter afternoon, the appearance to the disciples on Easter evening, minus Thomas, as they're gathered behind closed doors and locked doors for fear of the Jews. There's the appearance a week later on the following Sunday night to the disciples with Thomas there. There's the appearance as the disciples are fishing along the Sea of Galilee. And there's the appearance, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, to more than 500 people at one time. In many different places, many different times, and in many different circumstances, Christ appeared alive those 40 days between Easter and Ascension. But you know, in spite of all of those events, all of those recordings of appearances in the scriptures, there are still some people who doubt and some people who frankly just flat out disbelieve that Christ rose from the dead. They believe that the accounts in the Bible are not real, not true, that they're false, they're fake, they're made up. Well, let's leave the Bible aside for a moment and just consider two things. First of all, where's the body? The first century Jews, especially the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders, would have wanted to do anything they possibly could to squelch any talk about a risen Christ. And that tomb wasn't hidden, it was near Jerusalem, it was known, it wasn't excluded, it was open and accessible to the public. All they would have had to have done Is produced a dead body of Christ, which they would have wanted to do, and any talk of a resurrected Christ would have been silenced, or something else. Which, frankly, to me personally, has been more and more meaningful. Is what what changed those disciples? What caused the change that came over them? What caused them to change from men who ran away after Christ was arrested? to men who were locked behind doors at uh, that same Easter evening for fear of the Jews? What changed them from men like that to men who, as recorded in history outside of the Bible, all but one of them dying as martyrs for their faith in Jesus Christ? Would all of those men wanted to die for something that they knew was a hoax, something they really knew didn't take place, I don't think so. They changed into men who were willing to die rather than deny their faith in Jesus Christ. What can explain that? Other than appearance after appearance after appearance of the risen living Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, here at St. Paul's over the past few weeks, we've been reminded, unfortunately, of how certain death is. Several of our long-standing stalwart members have been taken from us by death. And it's especially at times like these that we need to remember, both individually and as a congregation, that a risen Christ means that death no longer is the end. A risen Christ means that death no longer has the last say. And a risen Christ means that our friends and our loved ones will rise again, just as we will. You know, the Hall of Fame former broadcaster for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Buck, used to have a very unique way of ending all of his radio broadcast games. The last words you would hear from Jack Buck broadcasting a Cardinals game would be, so long for just a while. Well, that's the way we can think of the death of our friends and our loved ones. So long for just a while. For a risen Christ means that we will be reunited with them and together we will live in the presence of God eternally all because the one who demonstrated his authority over life and death by bringing three people that we know of from death back to life once again, and conquered death by rising himself, has promised all of us, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Now, near the beginning of this sermon, I told you that we get all the way until Tuesday to pay our taxes this year because there's a special holiday in Washington, D.C. It's being observed on Monday, but actually, the holiday is today, April 16. And ironically, it's called Emancipation Day. It celebrates the fact that on April 16, 1862, Abraham Lincoln signed an Emancipation Proclamation freeing 3,100 slaves in Washington, D.C. some years before the Civil War would be over and all the slaves would be free. How appropriate, April 16, Emancipation Day. Today we join with Christians around the world in celebrating the ultimate Emancipation Day, for Christ has freed us all from the slavery to sin, death, and the grave. And so while you can thank Emancipation Day today for the fact that you get until Tuesday to pay your taxes, we join with Christians around the world in thanking the great Emancipator, Jesus Christ, who has given us life, abundant life, eternal life, because He is risen. Amen. We receive